Disclaimer. The following podcast contains explicit language and adult content. The content may offend some listeners. Relax and don't be a hater. Hello. Welcome to a walk in the park podcast. (laughs) This is Riss. And this is Babs. And in our podcast, we talk about life, liberty, and the pursuit of wine, cake, laughter, friendship, success, families, fun, the extraordinary. We're happy you're listening. I can't stop laughing. <laughs> I love it. Let's just get this walk started, baby. Woo-woo. Guys, how do you talk about life when you haven't even lived at all? And how do you talk about love when the only thing you love is your dog? I don't know. Hello, my A Walk in the Park podcast pals. Hi How's there. it going? Good. How are you? Oh, I'm struggling. Struggle bus? Struggling. <laughs> Always. I got horrible sleep last night. It's so annoying. I woke up at 3 a.m. and was up for hours. Oh, that's horrible. It is horrible. I don't like it. I don't like it for you. Thank you. But, uh, you know, other than that, I'm just uh, counting down the days to your birthday. (laughs) And then Christmas. And then my trip to Florida. And then closing on my house. And then New Year's. Oh, boy. That's my month for the next, wait. I was going to say that's my month for the next month. So you're going to... Are you going to go down again between Christmas and New Year's or for New Year's or? Yeah, we'll be down there the week after Christmas into New Year. Oh, nice. Close on the 31st of December. Wow. That's right. And then, yeah, then that will be that. (laughs) And then that will be that. Can't really say, but we have a lot of um, potential move topics on the table here because MB, you and your family were in South Carolina checking out future potential residences, correct? Yeah. And what'd you think? What do you think about the area overall? Did you see yourself living there? A little bit. (laughs) Were there any favorite parts you had? I don't remember. What? It was just like a week ago. Hey, I wouldn't remember. I've already moved on to Christmas. Oh, okay. (laughs) All right, wait, but I want to circle back to South Carolina. Well, you were in a part that, um, you know, were you kind of near the water or the mountains? We were by the water. Okay, by the water. Okay. How was the weather there when you were there? Was it like fall weather, wintry? Fall weather. Fall weather, Okay. I mean, because, you know, South Carolina is a little bit, well, actually, I guess that's not true. You might not have been, well, you might have been north of Atlanta, but maybe not, actually. Huh. All right. And then, of course, we have another further out, less likely potential move. But now there's the specter of Philadelphia back on your table, right, Riss? Yeah, I won't know until spring, the earliest, and then summer, the latest, that is BS. I know. I, I hate that for you. I really dislike that. I feel like people should be able to give you, I think I was telling you the other day, you know, at least 
percentages, you know, because obviously it sounds like they're not saying it's a 0% chance that you'll have to move. Right. Nobody said that. And I just feel like it's December. I feel like they should be able to tell you 50-50, 75-25. Yeah, because it's only six months from now. And it's, you know, you need some time to do. It's not like I'm just, it would just be moving out of an apartment into another apartment. I'm talking about the sell of a house, uh, the selling of a house, the purchase of a house, a school system, um, commute, you know, the, knowing, trying to figure out what town you're going to live in. It's, it's a lot. So. Yes, it is. Uh, I can say going through it right now, I kind of forgot just how a lot it can actually be. Right. And um, yeah, it's annoying. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> well, yeah. And I mean, the thing is for you, you're, you can move forward. Whereas for me, it's, right. yeah, I can't, I can't right. really think about it because yeah. otherwise I could go nuts. Doing yeah, it that's right. And I did this to myself. I'm actually moving by choice. Right, right. True, true. And I'm excited because I get a pool and palm trees and access to beaches. So for me, the move is Definitely, I'm going to call it an upgrade. What about you, MB? If you went there, if you moved to South Carolina, MB, would you call it the same, an upgrade, or worse? What's your current feeling? An upgrade. Upgrade. Okay, nice. I feel like I know your answer, Marissa, but what is your answer? Upgrade, same, or worse? Um, mine would be same and or kind of exciting. Oh, okay. All right. Well, that would be an upgrade potentially, right? Or would it be more exciting than your life is now? (laughs) It would be less exciting, but it would be cool because I've always uh, appreciated, never really been, I've been there, but I never really appreciated Philadelphia area. And it's actually really cool. It's a nice place to live. It's a nice place to be, to, to go visit. Right. Um, so it definitely would be, I think, um, I don't know, like I said, not necessarily an upgrade. I think it would be a lateral move. Okay. But just in a, in a you know, if, if you were talking about weather, obviously it would be a downgrade. <laughs> I mean, as you moving to a place where there is potential for a lot more snow on a regular basis. Yes, it would definitely be a different lifestyle that you haven't been in for, you know, the past 15 years or whatever. Right. I mean, I'm used to being able to walk Winston every day. Right. I mean, you can always go out for a walk or a run here in Georgia. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, it's very rare you can't. So, I mean, I I would miss that. Well, I don't know what to hope for at this point with regard to your move, because I don't know the percentages. If they told me it was 50-50, then I'd be like, yeah, I hope it doesn't happen. Right. If they tell me it's 75-25, I don't see what good really me hoping it doesn't happen is. My hope would just be they could let you know for sure sooner rather than later, I guess. Right, right. And you know, this is a good segue to my hot topic, because when we all move, people, we're going to be in a different state. That's obvious. But, um... If we're there in 2030 when they do the next census, then they're going to be we're going to be counted in that state to which we have moved, and Georgia could lose a seat in the house based on us moving, which That's to me would true. be 
a good thing. So I am going to talk a little bit about my hot topic. This is what's pushing my button right now. Is on Monday, November 30th, the Supreme Court heard oral, oral arguments in um, Trump v. New York. And I read the transcript, and this has to do with uh, how the U.S. Census data will be reported. And of course, you know, President Trump wants things done his own way in a way in which they have never been done since the first census in 1790 and not in keeping with the intent of the founding fathers and uh, a number of other states, ACLU private parties are saying, no, that's against the law. So here I, here I go. Every 10 years, as mandated by the Constitution, the federal government conducts a census. The purpose of the census is to reapportion seats in the House of Representatives as needed. That means every 10 years, and it's always on the 10, 20, 30, 40, a state could gain seats in the House or lose seats in the House. So since the country's founding, and in line with the intent of the Founding Fathers, every census has included the, quote, whole number of persons in each state. Trump, however, has indicated that he plans to exclude people from the count based on their immigration status. His goal in doing this, in my opinion, is to take seats away from California, the most populous state in the country that he believes has the largest number of undocumented immigrants. Of huh. course, if you were eventually allowed to alter how the census data is reported, other populous states, populous states such as Texas and Florida would of course also be affected and the population of those two states together are greater than California so perhaps they will lose a bunch of seats as well. It's interesting to note that those states have not joined Trump and other Republican states such as Alabama in this um, effort because they know they'll probably lose seats. So anyway, a federal court issued an injunction saying that the Secretary of Commerce, and that's who's in charge of the census, may not separately report the number of undocumented immigrants to the president in his legally required report. Um, and that report is due by law to the president by December 31st. And the Census Bureau has been having issues all year because of COVID anyway. They don't have accurate counts. They feel stuff's been going more slowly. They tried to get an extension and it's kind of been a hot mess. So um, the Supreme Court agreed to an expedited hearing and I read the transcript this morning. And of course I will not read the whole transcript to you because it's 108. It's 108 pages. It can be emailed upon request. But I am going to just give a high-level summary of the position. So the Trump position is that the Supreme Court should allow the Secretary, that being the Secretary of Commerce, to comply with the memorandum, the President's memorandum, in which he says, I want you to tell me how many undocumented immigrants are in the count, and allow any effect on apportionment to be litigate, litigated as it normally would be in a post-apportionment lawsuit by parties with concrete injuries. So let's say a state lost a seat in the House because of reapportionment, then somebody in that state might be able to come forward as a plaintiff and say, oh. hey, this injures me. That's right, Winston. That's how I feel about it too. All right, so anyway, so uh, the Trump lawyer argued on the merits there's no procedural problem with the memorandum the president may direct the secretary to send him two sets of numbers so that he may decide how to exercise whatever discretion he has and 
he did say, he shared with the Supreme Court justices, we are currently not on pace to send the report to the president by the year-end statutory deadline. And then, of course, as in any Supreme Court oral argument, all the justices got to ask questions, starting with Chief Justice Roberts, because he's the chief, and then the justices get to ask questions in order of seniority. So the, ne the next most senior judge, who's actually been on the court longer than Roberts, but doesn't have the seniority of Chief Justice, is um, Clarence Thomas. So he went first and remarkably actually spoke. He often does not speak in oral arguments. Like, I think they said there, was, there was one time where in 10 years of oral arguments, he didn't say, he didn't ask a single question. <laughs> I wonder why that, I, how do you not have questions? Okay, whatever. He, because he's not worthy, but that's a whole separate discussion. Okay. And then of course, the most <laughs> recent Supreme Court Justice Amy Coney Barrett would have asked her questions last. Um, so basically there are two arguments and this often comes up in any legal case, but there's the procedural element to it. And then there's a the substantive element. And in this case, the procedural element, the Trump lawyers are trying to argue, listen, this isn't, these people, the appellees don't have standing because they actually haven't suffered any concrete injuries yet because no numbers have been reported and nothing has been reapportioned. So there's no injuries. So you can't br bring the case, which is also a question of rightness. They're like, nothing bad has happened yet. There's nothing to actually decide here. So the Supreme Court could what we call punt on that. They might not even get to the merits of the case, whether it's legal for the president to do what he's trying to do, or they might just say procedurally, this is not yet ripe for us to make a decision. Um, so there is a different standard called substantial risk of injury, and that's what the appellees, the good guys, as I like to call them, are arguing. So anyway, so you know, first the appellants, who are the Trump people, because they lost below, they went through their arguments. Um, the justices asked a bunch of questions. Like I said, I'm not going to torture all of you with the, uh, with the, you know, every single thing I highlighted. But if you know me, which I know you do, you know, there's lots of highlights in this document. Yeah. <laughs> Where I'll just hold it up for you, my friends, even though our viewers can't see it. Like, wait, wait. Oh, uh, you can't see it. Yeah, you can't see it. It's Stupid all white. Computer screen. Yeah, basically it's yellow and it has Trump in big letters next. <laughs> oh my God. That's just to make that's just for me to keep clear, like, is it the justices saying this or is it the Trump attorney? Um, but here, the, so let's see. I just want to give you the summary. So this was just the summary of the Trump attorney. So the justices ask all their questions and the Trump attorney says, uh, we think that there are a handful of unknowns here. What will be feasible for the Bureau, meaning the Census Bureau to do, whether the president will decide to exclude all of the subsets that are feasible. And by that they meant, well, maybe we'll only exclude people who are currently in ICE detention centers, or maybe we'll include, exclude all the DACA kids or, you know, the dreamers. And it says the memorandum clearly indicates that the president hasn't made that legal judgment. It's made a policy call, but not a legal judgment and the effect on apportionment. It says on the merits, they can't satisfy the required test. They're saying these, Undocumented immigrants are not residents and there's nothing settled about their residents and they've not offered any coherent theory why the illegal aliens should be included in the apportionment base. 
of course, history is on the side of the appellees because they've always been included since the history of the countries. It's the first census. Um, all right, so the good guys argue, <laughs> sorry, uh, the constitutional laws require the seats in the House be apportioned according to the number of persons in each state. Our laws reflect a deliberate choice not to base apportionment on citizenship, voter eligibility, or any other legal status, but instead to count the number of people living in a state. The president's memorandum treats counting people as a reward to be withheld from states that house undocumented immigrants. But our law views counting people for apportionment as fact, finding fact, not giving and withholding rewards. And so they want the court to leave in place the injunction that says he, the Secretary of Commerce can't report two separate numbers. So normally there'd just be one number. The Secretary of Commerce would be like, there's this many people, there's 11 million people in Georgia. And then the, that would go to the president, their president would report the numbers to Congress and then Congress would say, okay, Georgia, you have this many seats. And oftentimes there isn't that big of a population shift right. in the 10 year period. Um, but arguably, taking out this whole group of people could obviously um, affect more than is typical. I mean, in recent history, we have had where Utah ended up losing a seat to North Carolina based on some population shifts. And that's not between those two states. That's just across the country. There will always only be 435 representatives in the House. Right. And those are divvied up based on where. I was just going to say, I need definition around that. So how many seats does California have? What's he looking to find there? That's a good question. Let's see. How many seat? How many congressional districts in California? How many congressional? I mean, they would have the most because right. they have that the most be, people. Yeah. So um, let's see. California. And he doesn't know. The administration is saying, listen, we don't know how many people we can capture. Um, okay, 53. Oh, that's, that's a lot. I, I, that's a lot. That is a lot. I would think also. That is a lot. I would think also um, maybe the next closest state would probably be Texas, but they're Republican, so it's not a big deal. Well, it's a big deal to them if they lose states because you know Texas has tons of undocumented immigrants, possibly as many, if not more, than California, That's frankly. That's interesting that you bring that up then, right? I mean, the yeah. same thing with all of the southern states, if you really look at it. I mean, Georgia, yeah. and you've got yeah. Alabama. and Well, Florida, too. I like right. I said, I mean, Certainly. Texas and Florida, together, they have more seats than California. So you start going in, they might lose their seats to, let's say, Massachusetts. <laughs> well, and there's the rub. It's very interesting that nobody's countering with that argument. Well, the Republican states won't because they won't go against the administration and be right. like, but wait, well, we get course, benefit. Of course, they're not, but I'm, it's surprising that a Democrat doesn't no, point the, that the, out. No, the Democrat states are, oh, you mean specifically that that they'll these lose, other that states they'll, could oh, potentially yeah. help them out in the end, so. Right, that's right. This could end up backfiring. But right, I, don't, right. I don't know when, so normally, you know, the Supreme Court hears a case and you don't get their decision for, you know, months and months, but they agreed to do an expedited hearing here. And so I'm assuming they're gonna make a decision sometime this month, if not, very, if not even before the end of the month, and they will either leave the, 
lower court order in place and just be like census, just work on what you do all the time every year. Right. Not every year, sorry, every 10 years. Or I don't think they're going to just decide that the president can move forward. Um, They might decide it's just not ripe. Mm. And then, I don't know, you might find yourselves back in front of the Supreme Court like a few weeks from now or like in January. So this is interesting, though, because so in 2010, you know, that was the middle of Obama's term. Right. So, but this is, was a potential transition year because we had a presidential election. So not every census happens in a presidential election year. And this is just extra problematic, I think, because, I mean, Trump isn't going to be president as of January 20th at noon. And this might not even all be resolved by then. And then I'm just wondering if Biden can just come in and say, thanks for those numbers. We're not doing anything. (laughs) Well, it's just interesting how, well, first of all, I don't, where did you pick up this news story first off? Because I haven't heard hide nor hair of it anywhere. Oh gosh. Well, I mean, I've been keeping tabs on it for a while. It's been in the news probably since he issued the memo back in July. So that's when it really, yeah, he issued a, Memorandum on excluding illegal aliens from the apportionment base following the 2020 census. So, Wait a second. Does this have to do with um, the? Was there a recent ruling or something about Trump having to do, uh, having to be a part of DACA? Um. Okay. Well, so the that's recent se- that's separate, right? That's well, actually, what you're talking about may be separate, but DACA could be implicated in this decision because that might be one of the subcategories where he's like, all right, we know these people are here uh, undocumented. Right. But then there's like, the other problem is the government's like, they're not allowed to just do a sampling because of how important this is. So that means for every single person they're trying to perhaps remove from the census, right. they have to match a government administrative record and check that that person was even actually counted in the census. Right. Sometimes people aren't, you know, they just don't return the questionnaire or they're never home. Right. Um, and they just don't get counted. And we, by the way, it, side note, my father was a census taker this time around. Really? Yeah. I, I, yeah, I forgot to I mention wish, that. He, he yeah. Way to bury the lead. Bury the lead, Marissa. We should have had him on here. All right, you need to you need to ask if you can like interview him for the podcast. Okay. Just you. Just you. Be like, hey, I just want you to tell us about your experience, you know. Okay. I think that would be super interesting. It's actually not. I have heard it. No, it is super interesting because of what is trying to happen. I'll, I'll give you one big highlight. It is very very difficult and not from the sense of actually going out and getting like they knew you know ahead of time when you're trained that you might not get everybody your uh that's in your area i'll say Mm -hmm. um what became very problematic was um the technology on the government end and trying to get the information into the system Mm. Um, some of these people had iPads that they would walk out with or cell phones or they were never tr- really trained. So there was, there was a little bit of that as well. Interesting. Yeah. Cause I assume pre, you know, modern technology was just like a pen and paper. 
Right, but however, most people have cell phones and smartphones. I'm not gonna yeah, say now anything. I mean, I'm just saying like years right. ago, like, you know, you look at old census records, you can pull oh, sure. up and it's just handwritten. It's a ledger. Like, okay. Yeah, it's yeah, a ledger, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, so really what I you're saying, that. Marissa, is all of this should be on the blockchain and there should be an app. <laughs> I just said that yesterday to Chris. <laughs> I the said, answer to everything get, is blockchain. <laughs> whenever we get an opportunity to invest, I'm, I'm investing wholly in blockchain. That's, all, That's where right. all my money's going. <laughs> That's right. All right. Well, so uh, sorry, that took me a long time. And of course, I could have kept talking about it forever, but that is... That is my hot topic. That's what's really getting well, in my grill. I guess it's lead into to mine today. Oh, yes. Do tell. And it, it's, a, it's both a hot topic and a life issue. Uh-oh. Um, you know, so here, for those of you who live under a rock and don't know this, we are in the process <laughs> of, Georgia is in the process of a runoff election with uh, four different uh, senators at the moment. And... Two senators and two candidate opposing yes. candidates. Yeah. Yes. Thank you for that clarification. And Sorry. so, since this runoff has started, which you know what, call me out, keep me honest. I think three weeks ago. Well, yeah, it was determined. Whatever. Well, maybe it's a month now because whatever yeah. the November third election right. eventually was decided. Subsequent to that, that there would have I, to be a okay, runoff. Okay. So since then, yeah. I have randomly been receiving people coming to my door telling me to who can we count on your vote there's a flyer who are you voting for but and i oh am my god irritated i am so, you know how you get with leaf blowers yes i'm at that level i'm at I'm oh like, my god <laughs> this is leaf blower level this is lbl because these people they just come up to your door and they're they're really they're they're, I know they're volunteers, God bless them, mm-hmm. but how do you not, how do you walk up to somebody's door and have the guts to ask them, can we count on your vote or who are you voting for? And, and they're taking, they're taking this information down. And I'm like, I don't have to tell you anything. I might not even vote. You're voting. Well, I'm telling them that. I'm telling them that. <laughs> Don't tell them that. Then they're going to send people back to try to persuade you. <laughs> They've been sending them every week. It's ridiculous. Okay, that's crazy. Are they identifying who they're with? Yes. Like which campaign? Oh, yes. So, so who is it? Who's the most annoying? Today it was Leffler. Okay. All right. But it, oh, no, I'm sorry. Today it was Purdue. Last week it was Leffler. Okay. Let me ask you this. Have any of the Democrats bothered you? Uh, yes. They've They've... Uh, yes, they have come around. I forgot who the last. It wasn't. It was a Warnock. It was Ossoff. Okay. Sounds like drama. drama. It, it, well, yeah, any is, any rings at your doorbell, Michael? Not that I know of. Okay. <laughs> and if they do come up to the door, we don't answer. Good for yeah. you. you know, That's yeah, how I, I mean, feel. They can see through my door. That's the. I was going to say your yes, your door. That's right. You have one of those doors that. Looks friendly. <laughs> I'm worried in my move to Florida, I'm going to have a friendly door. I'm not really happy about it. And then there's like a huge window right beside the door. Oh, we have to get some curtains. Uh, I don't know. Florida, this is not, people don't put up curtains. It's like weird, but That's anyway. That's true. That's true. All right. You so that is your lines. hot topic lines. Okay, I don't know. Okay. So here's a good hot topic. All right. Yes. 
So as you both know, and our listeners know, I play tennis still. I don't know why. And yeah, we, we won't go down that road. <laughs> this past week, I was playing with MB's mom. Well, I was, we were, uh, that was our day to play together on Thursday. And we had uh-huh. gotten done with our matches. And we're sitting down and we start talking about COVID. And the woman next to us, uh, she said, oh, well, you know, my husband signed up for the COVID uh, Pfizer vaccine trial. Okay. a couple months ago whatever and I turned to her and I said hey wait a second before we get into all this can you do you have any idea if this is going to be a one-shot deal or if this is going to be a yearly thing right. and both um Jojo and uh, this woman said that um they don't really know yeah you know Jojo works for a medical office so she has yeah. a little bit of access to that information I mean I'm sure right. they discuss it all the time so we started talking about it and it's very interesting all the protocols that they have to go through and how much they get paid and uh it was a good conversation it was it was very interesting to listen to that he had uh, the only bad news is he had to drive down to Lawrenceville I think it's every two weeks and get checked out so you know uh. initial vaccine and then they keep checking on you every two weeks. And this will go on through, I, I think, January. Well, I'd be curious to know if he got sick, because that's what they're saying. Like, when they he get the not. vaccine, he didn't. Okay. He did not. And she and I thought, Actually, well, we don't know that he didn't get the placebo, though. That's the thing. You don't actually know if you get the vaccine or the placebo, because it's a blind trial. You know, it's funny. I didn't even bring that up with her. I kind of forgot about yeah, that. I to- yeah, as you were saying, I was like, oh, wait. So, yeah. Yeah, so it was a good conversation because I'm very interested in hearing what's going to happen with this vaccine because right now it's it's at the FDA. They're they're deciding whether or not or when to um, not publish yeah. but put it out. There's, and there's a hearing, I think. On, hearing. Or wait, did they already have the hearing on the Pfizer one? That might have been this past week because the Moderna one is coming up. Let me see, Pfizer FDA hearing. I actually could send you, um, I listened to a really good podcast about this on public health on call. Um, Well, uh, my question is, who is the UK using? What vaccine are they using? uh, They're using Pfizer, or that's the first one that's going through. Okay, you're right. Yes. I remember hearing that. Let's see. Okay. All right. So yeah, it's not the 10th. So the FDA's Center for Biologics Evaluation and Research's Vaccines and Related Biological Products Advisory Committee, dear Lord, the VRB PAC, will meet in open session to discuss emergency use authorization of the Pfizer-BioNTech COVID-19 vaccine in age, ooh, for the prevention of COVID-19 in individuals 16 years of age and older. That's interesting. So if you're not 16, maybe you won't be eligible to get it. Okay. Well, they're also, they're the, also another part of the discussion was maybe they're just going to put the vaccine in with the flu vaccine every year and you're just going to get it like that. But then they, they, what now, I get it. It's kind of going to be interesting. It's, it's going to be interesting to find out if this is going to be mandatory. That's something you can't make people do, but I often wonder if, if that might come up. No, you possibly could. I mean, healthcare workers are mandated to get the flu shot every year. So this could event, this could eventually be mandated. I don't know that they would do it immediately, right. given the fact that this is not um, the technology of the Pfizer and Moderna 
Vaccines, this is the first time it's ever been tested in humans. So this mRNA, where unlike the flu vaccine, where they're giving you a dead virus and an active virus, they're actually putting genetic coding into your body. They're altering your DNA. Now, altering (laughs) altering is an overstatement, but no, but seriously, I mean, this is a genetic vaccine. So you think of all the people who are against, you know, genetically modified organisms, GMOs. Right. Well, you take this vaccine, you're about to become a walking GMO. Think about I it. Think there's nothing. Walking there's GMOs for years now, though. <laughs> well, but remember when genetically I mean, modified organism. Yeah, that's right. That's what we're going to be. Um, yep. So it is interesting. So that was my kind of concern with both of these vaccines, because there are others being worked on that use more traditional delivery systems. I mean, this is like, they're actually going to give you the protein that is the spike of the coronavirus. So they are actually putting the coronavirus into your body, but it's a synthetic genetic code. And so therefore I think they think they can control it and it's to jumpstart your body's immune system. So what they're being told is this will make you sick. So you, you, Get the vaccine when you can be sick for a few days and then go back in a month when you, you know, and prepare to be sick for another few days. So this vaccine is not super appealing. It's not super appealing, but on the flip side, the, the other thing this, this man is being tested for is antibodies. And now the long term will be to see if you get, if you get the vaccine or if you do get sick, which, you know, are you going to have antibodies and how long is that going to last for? Right. Yes. That'll be an ongoing uh, research issue. I can imagine, but yeah, I think that's all right. So Pfizer is this Thursday, December 10th and the Moderna is right behind them. Their hearings on um, the 17th. Right. So yeah, that's definitely a hot button topic. I mean, especially I think Jonathan told me that Georgia hit some type of COVID record yesterday. 5,000 new cases. 5,000. Well, you know me, who can do the quick math? Because I'm always about the positivity. That's so weird. All right. I'm looking at where, wait, hang on. Maybe my website is slow to update. I'm like, I'm looking at the site I normally look at. And it says yesterday, new cases were 2047. Hmm. Well, I guess mine must be out of date. Is that uh, when we have to also, you always say this, we have to differentiate between uh, new cases and the amount of people who are just tested. Right. Yeah. The positivity rate, like of the number of tests administered, what percentage is actually positive? Because this is why, you know, the larger states like California, they have more cases. Yeah. Because they have way more people, but their positivity rate, you know, at least until recently was still better than the national average. Um, I think California's going back into lockdown mode. Yeah. No, yeah. What have you heard about that? Because I've heard like a few different things. But I think it depends on what like what city. So I know San Fran and LA are being shut down, I think, at the moment. I don't so think here's a plot twist, the schools are gonna stay open. Yeah, okay, that's what I had heard as well. I thought this wasn't going to be like a complete shutdown, but maybe like the restaurants were going to be closed to only like takeout and curbside again. Right. Um, Yeah, so, all right, wait, let's see, Georgia. Oh, yeah, there we go. Well, actually, it says now, hmm, 5,017. 
Ooh, yesterday was 6,376, according to worldometers.info. All right, but let's, let's do the quick math here, people. Who can do this in their, who can do this in their heads? 494,354 divided by, damn, we have not done a lot of tests. Damn it. 4,803,982. I can't do all that. I can tell that's I can't do all that math. I, I'm going to tell you right now, here, I'm going to do it, not in my head, but I can tell you right now that looks like more than 10% to me. All right, let's see. What were the numbers I said again? 494, all right, 494, 354 divided by, <sighs> serenity now, 4803, 4803, I'm very worried. Oh, 10.29, Okay. So more than 10, but that was not as big a jump as I thought. But unfortunately, that's like a couple tenths of a point. And, and that, then I think Florida hit, I think, 10,000 new cases this past week. You know, that's not surprising because Florida has about twice as many people as Georgia. So, yeah, yesterday, 10,177. But at least according to what I'm looking at, Georgia had 6,376. New cases yesterday, these are the top 10. California, Texas, Pennsylvania, New York, Illinois, Florida, Ohio, Michigan, Indiana, and Georgia came in at number 10. Bad, 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 bad. Yes, bad. I don't like it. You know what that makes me want to do? It makes me want to drink some of my excellent wine that I bought with you, Marissa. It's the Barton and... Gustier, Gestier, I don't know how you say that in French. It's Guest, I-E-R. Barton and Gestier, Depuis 1725, Les Petites Passées, Vouvray, Blanc. Nice. From the, the Val de Loire. And it is a delightful Vouvray. But it's says pink. No, that just must be the, it's not. Oh, it's, okay. It's an amber okay. yellow. Okay. The first barrels of wine marked with Thomas Barton's own seal left from the Port of Bordeaux in 1725. Almost 300 years later, Thomas's pioneering spirit is still inspiring us. Our taste for innovation and our pursuit of quality have remained unchanged. We are proud to offer you this collection of fine French Appalachian wines that we have carefully vinified, 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 vinified. in order to reflect the very best of their terroir. Terroir. Wow, I terroir. Terroir. Hard word to say. Our Vouvray comes from small plots located on the hillsides and plateau overlooking the Loire, also called the Royal River. Dun, dun, dun. It's a 100% Chenin Blanc, expressive nose, mixing intense aromas of flowers, acai, white berries, and exotic fruits, pineapple, with a touch of citrus, grapefruit, fresh and lively attack, evolving on a long mineral finish. Okay, I have no idea what all that means, Marissa. You'll, you'll explain it to me one day. You like it. That's all. That's true. That <laughs> is true. That's thought, wonderful. Did, Do you remember what the price point was? Ooh, good question. Was it under yeah. 20? I think it, it was under 20. I just can't remember if it was like $14.99 or $19.99. It was somewhere in that price range. So it might have been just under 20. But it also might have been $14.99. I know it was on like a bottom shelf, I think. A bottom show. How many? Yeah. Uh, how many bottles did you buy? I think I just bought this one, so I'm gonna have to get on to Total Wine, place my order, go make Jonathan pick it up. There you go. Uh, so I'm talking about get my acts of service in. 
Okay. <laughs> Meaning my receipt of my acts of service. <laughs> nice. Oh, I'm now. Nice. I know, right? Um, what about you, Marissa? You said you had a couple wines. Oh, yeah. I had, a, I had a wine that I tried last night, and I think I've had it before, and that's why I picked it up again, but it was, it was a red wine, and mm-hmm. it's called Nero Grande Apasimento. Apasimento. Spell it Sorry, I'm trying to put it all together. Nero Grande Apasimento. It's um, from Apulian, Italy, and it's a Primo Vito. But the Primo Vito, it's called that in Italy or abroad. And over here, you might recognize it as Zinfandel. Oh, okay. It's a 14.5% alcohol by volume. Um, and I have to say it went very well with what I made last night. I, had, I made an Italian dinner, something called um, pasta vajol, and it, it worked very well with it. It was um, not very heavy. Uh, it had a very good, um, it was actually quite smooth. And um, I really liked it. I enjoyed did it. Did it have a long finish? <laughs> uh, yes, actually it did. Oh, good. <laughs> Interesting. So, yeah, I enjoyed it very much. Chris I know. MB it, isn't, that's all that matters. That's right. MB isn't old enough to drink yet, but his parents do host a wine taste, holiday wine tasting every year. So he sees all the people drinking. That's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah, I'm used to it now. That's right. We can't, we can't scare MB with our wine talk. In MB's corner, I'm here to talk to you about high school, sports, and much more. From a Walk in the Park podcast, I'm your host, Michael Baxter. Although I'm sure you'd much prefer to be talking about sports, MB. What is the sports roundup? Because it is crazy out there, I'm telling you, from what it's I see. It's so stupid. I NFL and, huh? My hot topic is NFL and COVID. Oh, yeah, I do China. tell. Bring us up to speed. It took, it took so many days for the Baltimore Ravens to play against the Steelers. Amen. That was annoying. They kept pushing it off. I know. Do you have any idea? I couldn't tell if it was because they were trying to allow more Ravens to be activated off the list or if they just kept more people kept testing positive. Um. But did you hear about Denver, how all four of their quarterbacks had to go into the COVID protocol, so they played their game last week without a quarterback? Yes. <laughs> yeah. That was crazy. That was crazy. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, I mean, I guess we definitely – My Seahawks are doing well after they yes. were in a slump. Well, they're, are they currently in first place in the NFC West? Yes. They are, right? Yeah. So, of course, we all know the division that shouldn't even be allowed to exist is the NFC East, where the Giants are getting a fourth seed with a four and seven record right now. That's appalling. That's very appalling. But the whole NFL has to change that rule. Not every division deserves a seed. No, (laughs) I agree. I'm sorry. If you can't be, if you're below 500, no, you don't get a seed. Sorry. Yeah. The Giants still mathematically can technically finish above 500 because there are five. Well, for them, there are five more, five more games left. 
if they're four and seven, because you got to get to sixteen games. Yeah. Um, although I don't know, maybe I'm maybe I'm off a week. Unless oh, I think they're bye week. No, their bye week isn't this week. I don't know. Anyway, yeah. Here's something. Sorry, go ahead. At least four strains of COVID nineteen were found in the Baltimore Ravens facility. Four. Yeah, according oh. to ESPN. Yikes. Okay, four. I'm not even sure I realized there were four strains out there in the general public. Interesting. And scary. And scary. I don't like it. Yeah, we'll see. It's going to be interesting. I mean, if playoff games start to get affected, I don't know what the NFL is going to do. It says three of the four were stopped and not spread with within our organization. Oh, okay. Interesting. Huh. I mean, I guess in one respect, we could be a little surprised that, I mean, I feel like the only other massive COVID situation, like on this level, was earlier in the season with the Tennessee Titans, which hilariously also affected the Pittsburgh Steelers. So nobody should feel sorry for the undefeated Pittsburgh Steelers, but they've been affected more probably than any other team by COVID because they had that Titans game delayed. And then of course, it, you know, it messes up the rest of your schedule. Like there was no Thursday night game this week. Cause I think the Ravens were supposed to do that. And now there's like a mon- another Monday night game because of the whole uh, delay of the Steelers Ravens game. So yeah, so we'll see. Um, I don't think football players are at the top of the queue to get the vaccine. So I guess we could assume COVID's going to continue to spread if they can't take better precautions. It's according to, yeah. Go ahead. According to what? There's this rumor that's been out there. The Australian Open is reportedly set for a February 8th start. Oh, so they're pushing it back. Interesting. I wonder what other tournaments that affects then. It says the 2021 Australian Open is reportedly set to go ahead on February 8th, three weeks after the original Melbourne Park start date. Well, because when is Indian Wells? Indian Wells is usually like the first week in March, I think. I'm just thinking, I feel like there are other tournaments that are usually scheduled. I mean, the French Open was able to push its date to the weekend it did because that was like one opening in the tennis world schedule. Like there usually aren't a lot of openings. So it's like, are they bumping another tournament or are people going to have to choose between going to the French Open and whatever else was scheduled? I'll look into that later. Yeah, that'd be interesting. And I'd be curious to know if they're doing it because Australia is expecting to approve a vaccine or if they're just hoping the vaccine will be, I mean, honestly, I don't know in February if the vaccine is going to be widely enough available around the world for athletes to be able to get vaccinated, right? If the Australian Open is like, you can only play if you've had the COVID vaccine. Um, they're saying it's going to start in March. What, Indian Wells? Yes. Yeah, that's what it normally does. But I was just thinking that's a tight turnaround maybe now to go from Australia to the U.S. Right. Because when is the Australian Open going to finish then? Right. Well, it doesn't like two say. Weeks, right? Yeah, it's it only needs, like two weeks though, right? It to be like two the weeks. 
8th to the 22nd. Yeah. And maybe you'd have a week or week and a half or something. Right. Interesting. Hmm. Be interesting to see who's in it. Well, I know we haven't, it's, I don't know, I guess it's too early. We haven't heard of anybody pulling out yet, right? Because of right. COVID concerns or. Or injuries or anything. I think Federer announced he's coming back in. Yeah, he had said that a while ago, I think. Um, yeah, I didn't hear, you know, the season ended earlier. Right. Last, or not earlier, last month before Thanksgiving, I think. So I didn't right. hear of anybody getting injured. You're right. No, I haven't no. heard of But yeah, it's just, it'll be interesting. I don't know what, what kind of protocols they put in place. Like, are they going to have a bubble like the U.S. Open? Are they going to require quarantines? Are people going to have to get there early? Is that why they pushed it back so that people could arrive? Right. And quarantine. I don't know. I haven't been paying that close attention to how Australia has been doing. Let me see. Let me do a quick little around the world with Australia. Let's see. Two days ago, Australia. Ah. What the heck? All right. Not to be dismissive of Australia. How few people are in there? They only have 27,939 cases. This must be a much smaller country than I think. Australia? Well, that is just not a lot of... That's not... I mean... Because they shut it down. You're not allowed in. All right. But hang on. Hang on. This will tell me how many people live in Australia. I assume it's a large number. No, no. Okay. They've got nothing. No. 25,625,837 people. They're smaller than California, Texas, Florida, New York, population-wise. It's just a big country because there's a lot of outback out there. All right. There you go. Outback. Aflac. I know. (laughs) Oh, my goodness gracious. All right. Well, is there anything else we want to discuss before we wrap it up here? No, Christmas is coming. Christmas is coming. I've worked on my list. Oh, good. I'm done with my shopping pretty much. I got to get one one or two more things. I hope I'm done with my shopping because I really hate it. Um, (laughs) What's wrong with holiday shopping? Oh, I just hate shopping in general. And so the holidays are just like an escalation, you know, I'm just not, I don't like having to buy well, so COVID, many Well, I bet a lot of people are, are online shopping. That's how I do it I, Oh, I, have, I can't tell you, I don't know, it's been 20 years since I've gone shopping in person for Christmas. Wow. I do all, maybe once, literally in the past 20 years, I can think of one day, one year, where I had to go to the mall to get super scrabble because I couldn't get it online. Other wow. than that, you will not Did you get the Super Scrabble? I did get it, and it was glorious. Super Scrabble is the best. <laughs> you can just play it for hours. It's the game that keeps on giving. But, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. What about, see, so I have to buy for, I have two, two to three close family friends and we exchange Christmas gifts with their families. And so that adds a lot of people to the buying 
in addition to my, you know, own children. And then, of course, the thing that gets me is the teacher gifts. Ugh. Why do you have to have so many teachers? So many effing teachers. I'm do it. I do every year. God bless Kills you. Kills me. Kills me. But anywho, yeah, so sorry, MB. I'm a bah humbug holiday shopper. I love it. It's fun. Now I gotta wrap everything. That's what I'm gonna do tomorrow. I'm gonna spend time wrapping. Yeah, we've already got a bunch of wrapping done, but since we order online, you know, we're waiting for a bunch of stuff to come in, too. Once this whole pandemic is over, hopefully I can go to Seattle. I know, I know. You maybe got to hang on till next summer. I don't know when the pandemic is going to be under control. I, I think all like. the cruise lines are delaying their cruises until early or late 2021. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't even know, you know, that they would, yeah, even want to risk it after what happened in the spring with people getting stuck on boats stuck. and being refused entry into ports and all that which of course as we remember happened because these cruise lines aren't actually owned by u.s companies right and so the u.s government was like oh sorry you went out of this port we're not letting you back in <laughs> <laughs> it's like that's a little brutal but anywho all right well this concludes our bonus episode of season three the next time we produce an episode it will be season four It'll maybe be a little something like this. We're going to try to talk about our lives, hot topics, uh, wine, and books. We didn't talk about books here because I hogged a whole bunch of the segment rambling about yeah. my hot topic. My bully. hot topic. Bully. I know, bully. Bully. <laughs> and of course, the next time we'll meet. Uh, that we don't know, my friend. We'll discuss it off recording. So let's say bye for now. Bye for now. Bye for now. You guys are awesome. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. If you like what you heard, please head on over to Apple Podcasts or Google Play to rate, review, and subscribe. We'd really appreciate it. You can also follow us on our social media accounts. On Twitter, that's at a wit Podcast. On Facebook, you can find our A Walk in the Park Facebook page by searching at a wit Podcast. And on Instagram, you can find us at a Walk in the Park podcast. We'd love to hear from you.